All right, ye landlubbers, hoist up the mainsail, strike your colors, and listen to the tale of the Black Sea Devil, a fish with the face of a demon, with cold, lifeless eyes, and a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. The Sea Devil won't think twice about snatching up its prey and dragging it down to the black depths of the abyss. So get into your submersible, take a dive, and remember that here be monsters in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm amazed that you keep coming up with new ways to make that sentence... New and refreshing. I, I, it's my goal now to max out the mic every time I do the intro. Oh, in that case, I'm Carlos. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, and today, we're talking about clingy boyfriends, but more on that later. <laughs> well, today we're talking about, as you can tell from your feed, yeah, the anglerfish. Yeah. Which is an entire order of fish. Yes. You thought it was just one fish. Yeah. You were wrong. I'm pointing at the microphone. You thought it was just the Finding Nemo fish, but turns out there's a lot of them. Yeah. And they're all ugly. Several of them are ugly. I can't think of one. I didn't see one that wasn't. Well, that doesn't mean they don't exist. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of them are called Sea Devil or, or, wait. Let's, we'll get to that. We'll get. Let's do this some taxonomy because then we're going to get to some root words. Okay, let's start with where where it sits. Where it science. sits on the on the periodic table of animals, aka taxonomy. That would be a really, really large, really big table, an infinite almost. So here we go. Kingdom. Say it with me, everyone. <laughs> Animalia. Well, Animalia. Yeah. Well. So I've heard you, it both ways. What are you, frou frou? <laughs> what? Animalia. Animalia. I, it's Leviosa. <laughs> Phylum chordata. <sighs> I'm just making you mad now. <laughs> <laughs> but that means you got spines. Uh, you got courage if you're in the kingdom, or if you're in the Phylum chordata. Mm-hmm. Class, here we go. This is the moment we've trained for. Acti, nope, tergi, I. Oh my gosh. That was like you just took that word, butchered it, turned it into a horse, and then beat that dead horse. Uh, no, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Actinopterygii. Actinopterygii. What, what do you think? Actinopterygii. Wait. No, I'm, no I, I don't have it. Actinopterygii. It's another double I situation that we, which we had last. Yeah. Last episode. And I, I just go E. Yeah. I've heard it. E-I? E-I. Yeah. yeah. Um, order? Lofiformes. <laughs> the formies was right. It's not lofiforms. L- L- what do you think? Well, L- Lofi? Well, L- lofiformes or something like that. Oh, yeah. Or lofiforms. Formies. Lofiformes, yeah. Uh, family? Sarah T. Day. Or Saratidae. Yeah. Genius? Uh, Saratias. Saratias. 
Uh, and the spe- species that I found, there's several of them, um, but just as a explain as an example species, um, the binomial name would be Ceratias holboeli. Oh boy, <laughs> a whole bowl, Ellie. Because <laughs> it, it's also the biggest one. It's good, the whole bowl full. It, it would fill the whole bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, the anglerfish are the entire order of Lophiformes. Uh huh. Which I did not know. I thought it was just one fish, like we said earlier. I thought it was just the fish that attacks uh, marlin and dory and Finding Nemo. Right. Which I think we talked about earlier that it's amazing that they can survive at those depths. Right. The, being clownfish just, and just, tropical fish. Just the pressure they'd be under. <laughs> just the pressure to, you know, succeed in that environment. Mm-hmm. It's too it's too high. Also the physical pressure of yes. millions and millions of tons of Ocean. gallons of water. Yeah. So are you ready to hear a description <clears throat> of this freaking ugly animal? Without question, the humpback angler is the ugliest fish in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, First bullet point in my description list is ugly and bad. It is ugly and bad. (laughs) Bad? That's that's not fair. Bad to look at. Misunderstood. Uh, Horrifying is a good word to use. I've never heard of a kind, kind anglerfish. Well, we we don't know. We haven't measured their personalities yet. Right. I, w- <laughs> I did say at the top of the show that there could be a good-looking one, too. We've just never seen it. <laughs> They're definitely ugly. They're definitely horrifying. So yes. continue. Well, they have a gelatinous and scaleless body, mostly scaleless. Sometimes there's some scales involved, um, especially thin, thinly scales. Sleek, black, or brown is their color and texture. Um, sometimes they're red. Sometimes they're red indeed. Uh, large head and mouth with uh, large protruding teeth. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you look at one of these things, a lot of them are mostly head. Mostly just mouth. It's head and mouth, and it just kind of like tapers off to a tail, and then it's gone. Yeah, it looks like the head of something you might find in Dante's Inferno. Just yeah. like, but attached to a big muscular body with hooks for hands or something like that. Yes. So only females have teeth. More on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, they have boyfriends are clingy. <laughs> yes, uh, protruding ilicum, which is a dorsal ray coming off the top of their head and ba- slash back. It's hard to tell what it is because it's mostly head. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have also a bioluminescent esca at the end of the ilicum. I saw an I between the C and the U in ilicum, making it elysium. Really. Okay. But. Could be Elysium. Ew. Okay. Like, like it's paradise? It's too, like these words are too nice for what it is. <laughs> Elysium Esca. and. Elysium. Es- Esca and Elysium. Yeah. So here's something weird. They have small eyes, but the pupil pupil is larger than the lens. Um, so the, o- the iris opens the pupil larger than the, you know, the lens inside the eyeball. Um, letting in any tiny vestige of light that might be present in the deep, some of which is coming from their own bioluminescence. So the space that this leaves is called the aphakic space. So they think that that's just so that they can see in the dark, right? If that happens to us, sometimes that happens as like a birth defect or um, an injury where the iris opens larger 
or there's a space that or the pupil does. Yeah, the pupil is larger. Well, the iris opens the pupil larger than the lens. Then you are incredibly farsighted. You can't see up close. And in any case, they believe that the re- that it's a it's not a good thing in most things, but for for them, for fish in deep ocean, it helps for them to see. Okay, where do they live? They live in the ocean. Good. <laughs> all over the place. Oh, like they're all over the world. So, uh, I want to say, it's just all over the place in very deep parts of the o- ocean. It's an entire freaking. Order. Order, so. True. Everywhere. So, that description brings us to size. And when we come to size... Don't, no. No. We come to the listener's favorite part of the show. Sure. The part is called Measure Up. And it's when we put the animal size and other sizes into relatable terminology. And let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to be talking about the size for the um, binomial name we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, the normal name for it is the is Croyer's deep sea anglerfish. Sounds like something on a can of tuna. Croyer's, <laughs> love me some Croyer's. It's Croyer's with an O with a slash through it. Oh, so it's all like Scandinavian. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. Sounds right. Sure. So the female, this is the deep, the, the largest anglerfish. The females are 3.9 feet. It's pretty big for a fish. Yeah. Not pretty big for like a big saltwater fish though. It's actually compared to like a marlin or something like Fair that. Point. It's pretty small. But when I usually think of it, it's not that big. Compared to a lot of freshwater fish, it's pretty big. So, and since I've just discovered that we have Australian and UK listeners, Ooh. it's also 1.2 meters. So in the UK they use the imperial system. Do they? Yeah. Wow. They I'm bo- so proud of they you. They use both like we do. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, UK folk. <laughs> they use both of them. That's a little advanced. A we little use showing. Up. We use both of them. Oh, well, scientists use meter and like metric. What does soda come in? A bottle. <laughs> we talk. A about? gallon bottle. Yes. <laughs> a gallon bottle of Sprite. Well. What is our, what's our, what's the alternative? Liter. Right. That's, isn't that metric? Yes. But what's the alternative to metric? In Imperial. Gallon. And. That's too big. And pint. I'm not going to say half gallon. Or four pints. Or four pints. Fourth of a gallon. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Too much. Anyway, you may know that a little over a week ago, the Kentucky Derby was held at Churchill Downs. Now I do know that now. I want you to know now, you and the listener, that a line of one thousand six hundred and ninety-two point thirty-one would go the entire length of the Kentucky Derby. So female angler fishes all the way around the Kentucky Derby, sixteen hundred, a little lo- more than sixteen hundred, just fish. flopping about and gasping for air. Yes. But you don't care because it looks so ugly that you want it to be <laughs> gone from the surface of this earth. <laughs> I'm sure it's important. Um, <laughs> the, we'll fill Churchill Downs with water. Don't worry about it. Uh, so the males are 5.5 inches or 14 centimeters. The same exact length of an iPhone 7 Plus. That's a really... That's the most... Relatable. I understand <laughs> that that is hard to 
conjure up in your mind. So luckily, I've come up with a second uh, term. Okay. Or comparison. I'm doing well with the first one, but go ahead. One nineteen or one ninetieth, the height of a brachiosaurus. All right. So, putting myself up to the knee of a brachiosaurus. <laughs> it's not sneezing in my face, which is good. Uh huh. So yeah. So if I still have no idea if you've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since this thing lives so deep, I've also come up with something for the depth for you to. Kind of imagine how deep it is in the ocean. Okay. Um, it can be found as low as 14,000 feet or 4,000 meters. Well, 14,436 feet, 4,000 meters. Okay. How many Empire State Buildings is that? I don't know about that. How many red blood cells is it? I don't know about that. <laughs> but it is three-fourths Kilimanjaro. Okay. But that's a little bit... Yeah, I don't. I, I can't. I don't know what Kilimanjaro is like. You don't know what it is. I, it's a mountain. It it rises above this the Serengeti like Olympus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Olympus rises above the Serengeti. But I feel like comparing mountains to depth is so like so overdone. So it's also four thousand four hundred and thirty six steps or feet rather longer than the length of the National Mall. So if you took the National Mall. Yeah, if you, you walk- took the Library of Congress and put it on the surface, and then extended the rest of it all the way down. Right, the Library of Congress is at the end of the National Mall, right? Am it's I getting this wrong? Is it? It's. I thought it's from Washington, it- Washington Monument from the cap to the Capitol Building. That's the length of it. Is it the Capitol Building? I think so. Capitol Building it's is not, one end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely, you're right, and I'm wrong. So if you walked <laughs> the entire thing, you'd still have four thousand four hundred thirty-six feet. To go if you wanted to walk the entire length. And find an anglerfish. Depth, yeah. And be unpleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, don't worry about it. You're going to be crushed to death <laughs> long before that. Not, so, if, not if you're you're in a remote-controlled submersible. So real quick, because I'm running out of time for my segment. <laughs> this, we've talked about sexual dimorphism before. It means that the f- male and female of the species is very different uh, in appearance. Deep sea fish are quite famous for this, especially anglerfish. So they're very sexual dimorphic. So the the adult males are tiny compared to the females. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ill-equipped for survival. They don't have teeth. And they actually don't eat at all when they're adults. So they eat as uh, hatchlings. Is that what you call a fish when it's just come out? Uh, Spawn- spawnling? Yeah. Little, little, I'm, I'm totally making that up. Little baby fish. Uh, so basically, all they're good for, all they live to do when they're adults is to procreate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the female says, you only ever think about one thing, he can respond with, I literally can only do one thing. <laughs> I can't eat. I can't really sleep. <laughs> can't fend for myself. I can swim. Yeah. And we'll talk about the male's feelings later on. Okay, is later on now because I'm ready for the major for, fact. For the major fact. Okay, all right, general info. Yes. Okay, the anglerfish can distend its jaw and stomach to swallow prey twice its size. The female can. I mean, so can I. Sure. Like when I get a, like a Big Mac. The word distend for any creature, let alone a creature that looks like this. I mean, you, you the listener, have seen an anglerfish, yes. what it looks like. It Whatever you're imagining, just 
just uggify it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's uglier than even your imagi- imagination, you're saying? Yeah, there's the the image for the National Geographic one, the big orange one. Oh, man, that is ugly. <laughs> it's, and it's so scary, too. It's like, it's straight out of, like, I don't know, Lovecraftian Lovecraftian stuff? It's just, fish? It's just razor-sharp teeth, just this big, like, frowning mouth. Cartoonishly protruding teeth. Yeah, like they they don't look functional. It can't doesn't look like it can actually close its mouth, and it's just got this big, like gullet, and these soulless eyes, like a doll's and eyes, a, and a gaping maw. Yeah, that's and it's like in an upside down crescent shape, like it's just frowning angrily yeah. at you all the time. There's plenty of fish do. It's, yeah, but not the company, not the app. I mean, or the, the band. Is plenty of fish a band? I'm sure it's a band. Oh, I was talking about fish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So here I have two major facts. <clears throat> see if I can squeeze them in. The first one you probably already know. Uh, the second one was was news to me. Uh, the first one is that, well, first, it's not easy finding food or a mate when you are, what did you say, 4,600 feet below or 14,000 feet below yeah. the, uh, the surface of the water. There's no light. Um, very little of anything down there. So you need a lamp to guide the way. Mm-hmm. And so anglerfish, being the anglers that they are, um, at the top of their Elysium, Illicum, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. I'm going to call it Elysium because that's what I put here. It has a little organ called that you mentioned called the esca. Mm-hmm. And it kind of waves this esca around. Ugh, I hate when people do that. Yeah. Just walking around, waving your Esca around like you own the place. Ugh. It's like we all got them. <laughs> Do males have them? No, no. Okay, so they don't have oh, I meant all, all other female. It's a female thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just girl, girly things. So it, and it, it lights up via bioluminescent bacteria. Now, they're not really sure exactly how this bacteria comes about because it's living both on and around the esca in a cup-shaped capsule, I guess, at the end of the Elysium. So it's not completely enclosed. It's open to the seawater so, so that the bacteria excrement can leave the... can get away from the esca. Um, and also Gross. so that, ideally, more bacteria can get into it. But... They haven't found this bacteria in the water, in the seawater, even though the running theory is that they collect it from the seawater as they move it around. Um, the counter idea is that these bacteria are not bioluminescent without the esca. So it's a symbiotic relationship where the bacteria can only glow when it's attached to the anglerfish and the anglerfish cannot glow without the bacteria. So what's why does the bacteria want to glow? Because um, it's fun. That's when it sh- gets to shine the brightest. Okay. <laughs> when it gets to it's show like a, its stuff. It's like going to a big party. It's like st- it struts. Okay. And then it and then it dies, I guess. And then it collects more. There, there's they really don't know exactly how these fish operate because they only very recently saw one in its natural environment. Usually when they find them, they're dead or like they've been caught in a, in a net or an El Nino has brought them to the surface for some reason. Mm. Um, but like seeing them at the 14,000 foot depth is has only happened recently with like a team of, I think, Scandinavian 
scientists. It should be noted that 14,000 is the low end. Okay. Meaning literally low, like the deep end. <laughs> also the high end yeah. of when it comes to yeah. amount amount of feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's usually not as deep. Still further than you can dive. Yeah. Without a without a uh, without exploding, a machine or imploding, or both. Yeah, the light bulb is primarily used to find prey, like in Finding Nemo, or uh-huh. or like Nemo's dad. And it's helpful to have any kind of light. Yeah. For finding anything down there. Yeah. Right. Um, but the the idea is to lure the fish directly into its mouth when it's finding prey, not to oh. A, fish is here let me go chase it because it really has to conserve energy when it's down there because it might it doesn't eat very often um and it's really 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 cold Mm -hmm. um and as we talked about in the greenland shark episode it really helps to be like slow moving and to really conserve your energy i've said really a lot so let's move on (laughs) uh and there i saw one thing where an angler fish will swim upside down kind of just float upside down with its Elysium and Eska uh, hanging down over the dens of fish that it would like to eat. So mm-hmm. it kind of just floats and lets that light graze over them and then they come out of their cages. Um, <laughs> you mean metaphorical cages? Yeah, they come out like, of their dens. In their comfort zone? They come out of their dens and um, into the anglerfish's mouth, preferably directly into its stomach so it doesn't really have to do anything. <laughs> But the second reason for having the light bulb is to attract mates. And now we'll talk about the clingy boyfriend syndrome. <laughs> so, as you said, for mo- for a good portion of the species of anglerfish, the male is completely useless. It can't eat. It can't hunt. I just, I'm just imagining, come on, baby. I can't eat. I can't sleep without you. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's this big voice coming out from this tiny, tiny little oh, yeah. language. Um, so what it'll do, it's, it spends its whole adult life trying to find a female. Otherwise, it will starve to death. It can eat like zooplankton and stuff like that, but it's going to starve to death without the help of the female. Zooplankton. Zooplankton. Plankton that's found in a zoo. <laughs> so... It'll find a female and then just give her a love bite. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, it's visceral. Because it's a but visceral he has no teeth, vis- so no, no big deal, right? He does have... He, he can latch on. He does have teeth. Some The ones that latch so, on have teeth. So what I maybe meant was that he does... They, they, they don't have the same long protruding teeth that the other the female has. Yeah. The ones that you, like, you know... The 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 maw, yeah. You know, it's the teeth disgusting. Are... Like you couldn't even close your mouth if you wanted to because right. your like, teeth are from the hell depths beneath. Like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> How yes. does that guy do anything? With his... <laughs> those don't look like good teeth for eating at all. All he does is eat Jello and like smoothies. He can't chew and fish. Yeah, just like a whole fish. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe he swallows everything whole. Yeah, uh, just like the anglerfish. Yeah. So the the male has these teeth that are specifically designed to latch onto things because he's a little parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's the stomach area for the female, but it can really latch onto anywhere. And then 
the next thing it'll do is use digestive enzymes to melt his face. Like you're at a Led Zeppelin concert. <laughs> it's, his face is melted. It's digested and fuses to the female's skin. So now the two have become one flesh. And it, there, there is no going back. These two cannot be divorced. And over time, his organs will dissolve and disappear. His eyes will go away. His uh, brain will go away. His all, all of his internal organs, and he will just be essentially a pair of gonads for the uh, for the female to access whenever she wants. And he becomes kind of like this vestigial, not vestigial, but he becomes this in- inert floating g- growth attached to her, um, and ceases becoming his its own living thing. So he dies, essentially. Through this process. That's nightmare. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's great. For, I guess it's great for him because he gets to eat for a little bit and then he dies. He has a really short life if he's successful and a short life if he's not successful. <laughs> <laughs> but so obviously the female can't reproduce without a male, but then the male just comes up and is like, would you like some, would you like some gonads? <laughs> and she's like, I'll provide food, I guess. And he's like, all right, peace. <laughs> and then he just kind of, turns to stone <laughs> he literally just regurgitates some guitar solo and melts melt, right melts faces <laughs> and she can carry up to eight males this way what if i if i am swimming up to someone and i see like i better be the only melted face on you <laughs> <Yeah>. woman <laughs> I, I, imagine, I imagine that hurts for both parties uh do they have the central nervous systems like we do or like yes that? They're oh, fish. Wow. They have. Well, they do some have fish. Sen- don't have sen- like nerve nerves nerve endings in their faces, because they eat so erratically. Well, they have a central nervous system. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's in their face for the anglerfish, but I, I imagine it might be in the stomach yeah. where it attaches. So, or the side or the top or whatever. So if you see this, like there's you'll you could see a picture of an anglerfish with. Sometimes three or four. I haven't didn't see one with eight, but they said it can be up to eight. And there are some species of anglerfish that are just like a a one clingy boyfriend situation. Okay. And not all of the anglerfish do this. They've only seen it happen in a few species. Specifically, the ugliest one, the black sea devil, mm-hmm. does not do this. Right. Um, but some of the other ones do. It's just really unique way of mating yeah weird i realized that the last three that i've chosen i've been the major facts for have been about mating <laughs> like mm. i have some sort of weird fetish but i don't <laughs> i swear it <laughs> all right we're out of time did we have anything else no <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's the anglerfish ladies and gentlemen and so as a sign off Extend your Elysium, wave around your Esca, and melt some faces with life, death, and taxonomy. Well, that about wraps up Season 2 of Life, Death, and Taxonomy. But don't think that means you won't be getting any more tantalizing animal tidbits to tease your friends with. 
Yes, sirs and madams, we'll be back next week with a whole new list of animals for season three. But first, we want to personally thank some of the people who have helped us along this podcasting journey. Like my beautiful wife for supporting me in podcasting and also keeping Yoshi the dog quiet while we record. We'd also like to thank Megan from Mono Lake Class and RJ for his brief but hilarious stint on Twitter. Clay from the Fish Nerds Podcast. Rhett from the Brain Trust Network. And the network's techman extraordinaire, Barry. Brian, who does all of our amazing artwork. And all of our listeners who now know considerably more about the mating habits of snails. And lastly, we also want to thank everyone who left a review on Apple Podcasts over this last season. Like Strange Animals Podcast, Vicaroo, M.A. Boston 04, Talk to Hand, and Fish Nerd Clay. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us all at LDTaxonomy. You can also visit our network page on Braintrust.fm, where you'll find loads of other amazing shows to fill your car ride home with. So we'll see you next week with all new incredible animals in life, death, and taxonomy. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Braintrust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit Braintrustbros.com. Testing. One, two, three.